What's going on, boys and girls? We got a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. Uh, bonus episode. Congratulations. You guys get a bonus episode, and we had one of our favorite guests on the show, Garrett Fear, to talk about our Two White Lights topic, what are the unwritten rules of powerlifting. We got to your comments, and we gave our own opinions on this as well, gave our own like biggest unwritten rules, and it was a really, really, really fun episode. Always have fun with Garrett. Uh, start off the show talking about just like quarantine grievances, and yeah, uh, one of, actually one of the like favorite shows I've done because we're cooped up in this quarantine, and I just wanted to have a silly goose time, and that's what we did. So awesome show for you guys, but of course, before we get into the show, got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com, use promo code 2WL10, and get 10% off of any apparel that you need and the apparel that you want. I've been plugging this for a while, but the gym banners they have is awesome. I'm seeing them more and more in home gyms, and I love seeing them in home gyms. If you use promo code 2WL10, you get 10% off of a banner of your choice. Also, uh, got their baseball tees, their beanies, their t-shirts, their tank tops. It's getting to be summer, even though we're quarantined in our house, it's still appropriate to wear a tank top. Be comfortable. Have a tank top. And also get yourself a fanny pack. I'm so... I, I gotta get a fanny pack. I'm ranting right now on merchandise that I want to get. So go to leftlawbros.com. Use promo code 2WL10. 2WL10. Apparently I've been saying that too fast. People don't understand me. 2WL10. Get 10% off your order. Also visit rivalus.net. Get yourself some supplements. Protein powder. Get yourself some in bulk. That's probably a good idea at this time. Uh, creatine, branched amino acids, pre-workout, you name it, Rivalus has got it. Use promo code ANGELO15 and get 15% off your order. Also, since you made it through the ad reads, might as well just subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, follow on Spotify as well, and is two white lights. And as promised, I got with me a man who needs no introduction. Second time on the show. Yeah, second time on the show. You're in illustrious. You're in an illustrious category right now. Ooh, that's you're a reoccurring right, uh, guest at this point. One of uh, three people to ever reoccur on the primetime podcast, Two White Lights. For sure, it is Garrett Beer. We are currently matching in mustaches right now, which I'm pretty happy about. Yours is quite a bit thicker than mine. It is. Um, I haven't shaved in a while. I debated on shaving half of my face through the quarantine and letting one side of my face just like, you know, be good and mend it and have a beard. And the other side, I was going to keep clean shaven and just see what happens and just do it. Decided against it and decided to shave halfway up vertically and just keep the mustache. Well, you look beautiful. And you mentioned quarantine. And I was thinking, like, you're in a quarantine, you're locked in your house, you probably have a lot of shit to get off your chest, you are the king of the 15-second rant. <laughs> Is there uh, anything you want to get off your chest at this point before we get into our show topic? Stop telling people to fucking read books. They'll read books if they want to read books. Yeah. Tell, stop telling me I have to have a hobby. 
<laughs> I had a hobby. I have a hobby. Yeah. Well, and you I'm know what else? Uh, people telling me that you could really tell someone's character lifting gets taken away from them. Then you see what they offer the world. And I'm like, guys, you're on my fucking Instagram lifting page. <laughs> I'm not going to show you what I do for my work and job. No, not, I mean, me, like, my entire Instagram is a training log. Like, I talk on my story sometimes and, like, kind of, you know, talk my shit or whatever. But my Instagram has pretty much always been a training log. So, if I wasn't able to train, my Instagram would be nothing. Does that mean I am worthless as a human? Yes, it absolutely does. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> well, for sure. Well, mine's, it's called Fortino Power. Yeah, exactly. Power's implied in it. That means I'm going to be showing a lot of workout videos and powerlifting-related memes. My other personal page is – actually, I'm not going to give my per- – actually, you know what? I'm going to give my personal page because it's private, and if you guys request, I'm probably not going to yeah. have you have you follow me. It's Angelo Fortino. Guess what? Yeah. Pictures of the family. That, that's Do you know how long – embarrassingly long – it took me to make sense of your, like, 14 It's That is the point. I'm right. It, it, it is, is no. It is the point, so you don't understand, so people it, won't find me. It took me a solid like, because we met at Brick House one time, but it took me like a year of following you, which is now like probably two or three years, to figure out that it was like it, it was a little play on play on your last name. Was, I I appreciate it, man. I like yeah. the look. Well, all right. So it's not as embarrassing as the dumbasses who thought I was 14 years old. Because there was seriously at least seven people who thought I was 14 years old. <laughs> at least seven. At least seven. Because at Brickhouse one time, like one dude, I'm not going to even say kid because they think he was like closer to my age, was like, aren't you that 14-year-old powerlifter? And I looked at him like, I <laughs> highly doubt that. <laughs> He's like, no, no, goodness. no, I know you're not 14 now that I look at you, but... Like, you couldn't tell that a 600-pound deadlift at the age 14... Oh, my God. That'd be nuts. ...was, uh... Well, I guess... It's gonna happen. Soon. Oh, yeah. At some, at some point. I guess one more thing I'd want to, like, get off my chest is... Like, yeah, guys, I own a gym, and I still get to train. Um, I don't think it makes me or anybody else who owns a facility that is now not making money to train inside of it. Um, you gotta think, like... I nor anybody else really ever opened a gym for ourselves. We opened a gym for other people to train in it. Um, so, if, if you know, don't shit on people because they still have a place to train. Yeah. Like, it's like the, the, the complete lack of sympathy in terms of like, yeah, I, I get it. You had this thing taken away from you, but why do you have to be upset that like somebody else didn't? It doesn't, I mean doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I've seen that on social media. Um, a lot of guilt-tripping gym owners for working out in the gyms that they own because their members can't train in a in that same location. And I just want to tell people, I'm like, hey, type your story out on Instagram. Say it again out loud to yourself and think about if it makes sense. Yeah. Because you used the word selfish there. You called a small business owner selfish for using their facility to train when there's no clients there. Therefore, that means they're not making that yeah. money off of those clients because... And I don't know, I'm thinking on the back end of this, 
like thinking on the back end of this, if, if this whole uh, quarantine and like government government mandated stay at home orders like stay for longer than we expect, guys, like a lot of these small businesses and gyms are gonna like they're not gonna be there mm-hmm. when when things go back to normal. If things go back to normal. If that's the case, I don't want to live with that regret of like, man, I should have taken advantage of that fucking go strong combo rack in my gym. Those rogue kilo plates. Like I should have, I should have used that stuff when I had it because anybody else would have used it. Oh yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not going to not train because other people can't. I mean, mm-hmm. trust me, man, training alone in a you know 6,000 square foot facility is not it's, 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 it's not fucking, it's like, it's not all fucking fine and dandy. It's not like my life's normal, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> training it, it's, it's a lot harder to do alone for me. Um, like I've always been in a, a big gym environment with a lot of people and mainly like powerlifting oriented, like pretty much since I started training for strength, I always had like a group of guys or I always had that thing. And, uh, I'm, like training by myself is really fucking hard <laughs> for me, for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I usually like training alone, but now that I kind of have a home gym set up, I wouldn't really qualify it like too much as a legit home gym setup. but right. I can do my shit here. I liked it at first. Now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, I really miss the gym, like really miss it. And it's mostly just like the interaction, but also just the safety aspect too. Yeah. When you start needing spotters for things, it's it's gonna get rough. Like over here, where I'm like, I'm gonna be just going RP seven until April thirtieth, hopefully, if this thing happens. And I don't even know if it's gonna happen then. I might be going RP eight till fucking like June. Yeah. I got about an inch, an inch. Why am I giving a link to this? I was really really close to commenting on Sean's post, where he took a like a four seventy four bench single, I think, and. And took like a pretty heavy like squat setter. So I don't remember what the squat was anymore, mm-hmm. but like didn't put the safeties up on his combo rack. And I'm like, I mean, dude, like you have and and he had collars on. Had he not had the on the bench, had he not had the collars on on the bench, like I can make sense of that because you can just like turn it off of you. Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, guys, be safe out there. Normally, if you're in a gym, if you're squatting, take the safeties out. But if you're at home, guys, and you're squatting on a combo rack by yourself all the time, put the safeties on. Put something heavy on the front end of the mono. The reason we tell you guys in the gym to take out the safeties when you're squatting is because most combo racks, I think I said mono earlier, most combo racks will flip if you hit the safeties with the squat. If the squat weight, if the mm-hmm. squat load is heavier than the mono or than the combo rack itself, and most combos are about 200 pounds, but something to keep in mind. Um, put like find a way to anchor your combo rack down. You can even just like put weights on top of it, something just to be a little bit safer. Um, so yeah, be safe, guys, in your home gym setups by yourself. That shit's scary. I mean, I like I adjusted all my stuff. Like I bench. I never forget to bench with safeties now because it's it a tough day when we hear about somebody through Reddit in the middle of a quarantine, you know, two months after the quarantine's over that someone died in their home gym in their house. Yeah. And nobody knew because we're in quarantine. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. I, that, I mean, a really good piece of advice there and getting good equipment too. Like, 
right now, again, like, working up to RP8, and just kind of, like, I think I'm just gonna stay at 8. Like, mutual agreement between me and my coach. Like, let's just yeah. keep it at 8 so we don't fuck our shit up completely. Um, and also with the furniture around my house, like, if I drop a squat, it's just gonna go through right through drywall and break probably all the tile on my floor. So... <laughs> Like, drop a squat, you know, fucking bench, I could probably handle just a bit, but still, it's like... Do you have safeties? No, so, like, I barely... So, the thing that I'm using right now is seriously a bench set that I got when I was 15 years old. Uh, Right, I knew that. Still my base... So, you're not supposed to squat on it at all. Right. And I'm like, let's see if I could, like, just put the bar up there and see if I could squat. And I can to a point, but... Once we start going well over five hundred, I'm I'm investing in a power rack. Okay. Like a cool. nice just solid five hundred dollar power rack. So anybody who's got like like just a pair of squat stands and or you know, single stand squat stands or even like a normal rogue squat rack, the Olympic lifting ones. Um guys, some like it's really easy to make safeties or go and buy something that will work mm-hmm. at safeties. Like, you can go to uh, Lowe's or Home Depot or some sort of hardware store, and I'm sure you can find, like, saw horses or something, something that will at least just help you a little bit and be a little bit safer in your guys' circumstances. Yeah. So, do that. Sure. So, you do that, too, and if you don't get that power rack, go get saw horses. No, yeah, I'm totally going. Yeah, because I'm just saying with the – with going over 500 pounds is more so, like, I don't know if that makeshift – combo rack that i made is going to be able yeah. to handle the weight and me unracking and re-racking too is like actually the, the hardest thing is benching on that thing which is funny because it's made for benching but i'm so used to powerlifting equipment that yeah. benching on that thing fucking sucks yeah look at look at us fucking privileged ass powerlifters mm-hmm. all, all, all fucks now because we're not on our fucking combo racks and using kilo plates anymore yeah. Actually, I will say I haven't seen a lot of people bitching about that. Most of the posts I've seen of people training in their home gyms is like, you know, hey, like, yeah, it sucks. I have to, like, I have to wear straps because this bar doesn't have knurling or these plates all weigh something different. But, like, nobody's really actually complaining. They're just kind of like, I'm grateful I have a place to train. Oh, yeah. I think that's really fucking cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, people have been really cool about this. Uh, I mean, to the most part, we already got, we already got our grievances out there. Now – to get to why the people are here and that's to listen to our two white lights topic that i posted a while ago actually and i was waiting for a good opportunity to throw this topic out there don't have a co-host so i have to rely heavily on guests and introduce him at the beginning of the show the king of the 15 second rants who better to talk about the unwritten rules of powerlifting than garrett Peter? hello yes i'm here again yeah, and it's, I think, an interesting topic for a few reasons. One, I'm a massive sports fan, just in general, big baseball fan, and the unwritten rules in sports to me are the funniest goddamn things. And I follow them, I don't follow them, but I always know what they are. And the unwritten rules give you like a microcosm of where the sport is at. Like, a, just a little snapshot picture of where we're currently at in a sport. And baseball, for example, there's thousands of unwritten rules. There's so much etiquette that goes involved in baseball. That's because baseball has been around since like 1890. So there's so many unwritten rules because of the history of it. And there's like nuances to the nuances in baseball. And 
there's other unwritten rules in soccer, like fair play. There's unwritten rules in football. Golf has a lot of them. It's called the gentleman's game for the reason. So I thought, how about I apply this to my sport right now, which is powerlifting, the one I actually legitimately competed. Uh, trigger warning, powerlifting is a sport. Go ahead, continue. Yes, I'm counting it as a sport. Uh, <laughs> I'm counting it. But wanted to see what other lifters would say there's unwritten rules. And the responses that we got were really interesting because it shows you exactly where the sport is at. One, we have to make two categories of the unwritten rules. One in the actual legitimate competition and one in the gym because the gym is where 99% of powerlifting happens. So Contest rules and training rules. Yeah, and the game day is one thing. The gym is the other thing. It kind of falls in the gym etiquette, but there's still powerlifting etiquette within the gym, especially if you had a powerlifting gym. Yeah. So... Let me ask this just first before we get into our comments. And there was a lot of really, really good ones that I got on my page. If I was going to ask you what are some underwritten rules in powerlifting, give me your biggest one in competition and give me the biggest one that you have in the gym. See, now, I read some of these responses with Angelo before the show. So some of the ones I agree with. And like are at the pretty top of my pedestal, so I, I kind of want to save those for when we read those. If I had to say like one biggest contest rule, um, I mean really don't don't dump a squat. <laughs> That's the biggest. That that is the biggest one, and it was commented a lot. Uh, Reed uh, commented that like, don't, yeah, that's don't dump that's, the fucking bar. Don't dump the bar is, is my biggest one. It's it's my biggest pet peeve. Um, I've been at, I've been at meets where people have done it two and even three times. And Alex Uslar told the story on Hybrid Unlimited. I literally called someone a fucking idiot. Because Wait, was it the guy the who looked like me? He does not look like you. Well, no, the, uh, he looks kind of like me. I don't think so. He has a beard and glasses. I, no. Oh, okay. Oh, you're that, no. That's that was at the hybrid meet. Oh yeah. The, that... the story I'm referencing was at Boss of Bosses. Oh. Okay. okay. I wasn't there for that. I didn't. I was literally at the back of the room for that. I heard it and I got to the platform about a minute and a half later, and the kid was already gone. I will. I'm glad I wasn't at the platform for that because he didn't even turn around. Yeah. I Man, mean, that was tough. I apparently was lifting at hybrid that fucking weekend because I got a bunch of mentions and subpar powerlifting memes, and I'm like. Guys, I wasn't there. Trust me, it wasn't me. <laughs> like, I can't um, believe yeah, I'm taking so blame for this. In contest, I would say it's definitely probably dumping a squat. That's definitely the biggest one. Ooh, second biggest one is putting in your goddamn attempt selection. I don't know. I have a thing with that. It doesn't happen as much anymore because you know, USAPL is really strict on your attempt selection. USPA, it's, it's more on the local level. Like, mm-hmm. local meets, they're really lenient about when you put your attempt in. I have seen expediters get so messed up at meets in contests because their cards are all over the place. And it, it's putting attempt putting, putting in your attempt diligently mm-hmm. is, I, I think, it should be like an unwritten rule of powerlifting. Yeah. Even though it's te- also a written rule. As for the gym, as for training, um, I don't know. There's so many. We can riff on them. 
We'll riff on them. Yeah, if you if you'd like. Because, Let's do that. I'd rather do that. All right, you know what? I'll give you I'll give you mine for because I think the the universal one is dumping. Don't dump the bar in competition. That's like rule zero in competition. Yep. Like you go into a meet, you should know. Do not dump the weight on your spotters. It's incredibly dangerous. Those guys are there, you know, a lot of times just volunteering for free and they don't want to walk away with a broken ankle or, you know, torn biceps because you couldn't handle a squat. That's just based on safety. Now, I guess you could call it as a written rule, but if you dump the bar, you should probably get disqualified. And um, in a few APF meets, uh, a few of the directors said that you might walk away with a black eye because someone might punch you in the fucking head. Because <laughs> the, the, only in the APF would some, a meat director fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, man. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, if you look at some of the characters who are just involved in the at those local meets, it's yeah, it could be a shit show sometimes. But I love it. Look, that's a whole other topic for another day. It's like local meat characters because I remember a lot of my local meat characters. Kids who do a little dance before they hit the platform, or you know, double kiss a necklace, or mm-hmm. and, and do the holy. What's that called? The uh, sign of the cross. Yeah, do that and, and then point to the sky and then come. On. <laughs> I love that shit. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Things you see at a local meet is is a good show topic. Oh, okay, so tell us your two biggest unwritten rules: contest and training. Okay. Well, I, I the contest one dumping the bar is the biggest one. But the gym one, this one I've been seeing more and it probably, it's one thing that will get me to legitimately walk up to the person and say, don't do this. You're making me mad. And that's having a 110 pound girl spot your fucking 450 pound bench press. Mm. Especially, especially when there is a gym full of power lifters. And you, for some reason, got the 120-pound girl. You can imply where I'm going with this. Yeah, to spot no, your 400-pound. I, I mean, even as 315 pounds, I mean, it's it's shaky. Squ- I I very recently saw this on somebody somebody squ- doing like heavy box squats. Not, they, they were heavy for them, which mm-hmm. makes it dangerous. Uh, it was like 500-something pound box squats, and they had their the. I don't know if it was their girlfriend or someone in the gym spotting them and the girl's tiny first and foremost, clearly not a power lifter, mm-hmm. like cl- clearly not at minimum educated within how to be safe doing this thing. And that, and that shit, ugh, I agree. That's a good one. That is a really good one. Yeah. I, I've seen it before and it's like, it gets me blood red mad. Like I, especially it's even more insulting. It's actually like insulting when somebody doesn't ask you for the spot. They go and ask a hundred and ten to hundred twenty pound girl. Now I remember posting this on my story once, and I got a bunch of like a hundred and ten pound girls like, "Well, you don't think we could spot?" I'm like, "Well, tell me your deadlift, and I'll tell you if you could spot something or not." If yeah, your deadlift I mean- max is the bench press that the guy is doing, I don't think you should spot it. I think it should be well over. Yeah. I don't think this is. I don't think this has anything to do with it. Actually, it's the reason behind it more mm-hmm. so that you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. you're in a gym, and I, like, because I remember this vividly happening. 
I believe it was over four plates on the bar. It was seven o'clock at night, around six or seven guys were there. All of us deadlifted over 650 pounds. Pretty good lifters in there. Like, if you took an average, the average deadlift that's was a, like... That, no, that's a solid fucking group of people inside yeah. of any gym. Yeah. And experienced powerlifters know what to do, know how to give a lift off. The dude picks the only fucking girl there to spot him. Now, I don't know if he was just more comfortable because he knew her, but still, it's just the principle of the matter... You don't understand one in a certain perspective of safety. In a perspective yes. of safety a, for both people, yeah. because then if you drop four hundred pounds and she can't get off your chest, the poor girl, she has to panic to get the weight off you, and that's a bad situation for her to be in. And like if she could pull you, it towards your face, she could pull it towards like you don't know exactly if the person's going to be able to do it. Then the other safety issue is you're crushing your possible neck with weight. And the person at blame, unfortunately, is going to be yourself and the fucking poor girl had to watch you die. And giving, like, I mean, if you think about most of the time when somebody asks anybody in a a gym, any gym, for a spot, like, it's only in, like, the powerlifting gyms and the powerlifting scenarios where, like, people are actually spotting in, in, in a perspective of safety, like, with the intent of safety. A lot of times, you see that how people spot in like commercial gyms and things. They just stand there and do mm-hmm. nothing. That's what all those spotter fail videos, other than like the occasional IPF worlds, uh, <laughs> like they're all like people in a gym who don't actually give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And they're just over there because you ask them to stand there. Like they yeah. don't know. Ooh, this kind of segues into another one. If you ask someone to spot you and it's heavyweight. Be courteous to the people spotting you. And I'll tell you who does an excellent job of this. The Little Bridges at Surge. Oh, yeah. If they if they are training in a team and they have you spot that person and you're not part of that team, they are very courteous of you spotting them. They will later ask if you need any spot, any help on anything, because right. they understand that you're not a part of their team and you're doing a massive favor side spotting pretty damn heavy weight. I got a bunch of comments after the uh, the showdown, the hybrid showdown, uh, because on the live stream on the second day, you can hear me a lot around the spotters and loaders. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of day one, like kind of like almost like like managing a small crew of people, making sure everyone's doing their job, making, but also making sure that everybody is constantly aware aware of what's happening, just from the spotter crew. Mm-hmm. That's something I learned from the Little Bridges. Like when you watch those guys, if you watch their older stuff on YouTube, where it's not as cut as it is for Instagram. It's, it's longer and there's more content there. Like they're always telling each other, like, like the back spotter will tell everybody how many reps the lifter is doing. Mm-hmm. They will say when to rack the barbell. They will, you know, or what things like that. And like maintaining good communication in a spotter crew, like the little bridges are, are awesome about that. Yeah. And guys- I've, I've always liked how, cause I mean, at first when I trained at surge, I didn't know them personally. They asked me to spot a few of their, you know, teammates and they understood it was not my job to spot their teammates. And again, they were aware of that. And then after I was in spotting, like, okay, if you need a spot from any one of us, we got you. Yeah. Like, and they were, they were, they had a lot of courtesy. I'm like, yes, I love that. It's like, they understand the risk that I'm taking spotting someone who isn't part of my team, quote unquote, and mm-hmm. 
I just like that. It's just like that's that's etiquette. That's just complete etiquette. Um, not even really a safety aspect. Just them showing, like tipping a cap, really, like in baseball. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Like, all right, sir, you got my respect. I will spot you now. I like that. Um, yeah, I guess those would be because I could go into I could get probably more into the gym than competition right. really because again most of our powerlifting takes place now. So I'm gonna these submissions. Yeah, and I want to mention this one first because I find it funny. It's from Johnny Candido, the legend, <laughs> Johnny Candido. He said, predicting another lifter's third attempts on their own page before a big meet. And he mm-hmm. continued, bro, you're good for 270, 160, 335, for example. If it's too low, it offends the lifter. If it's too high, it just gasses them up to fail. I've never seen someone happy about the speculation, LOL. Now, I completely agree. I like that. But, Johnny, that was the exact fucking attempt selection I was going to take for my third attempt at the Arnold. (laughs) (laughs) Verbatim. Knowing knowing, knowing that fuck, too, he fucking knew that. He probably started typing the comment and then was like, wait, went back to your page, went back to your Arnold prep, and was like, okay. Maybe aside from the deadlift. But those were oh, oddly specific numbers. Were let's it see. It sounds like it's from an oddly specific scenario. Two seventy. That was my third attempt for squat. One sixty. I, I think I did one sixty five. Um, but it looked like I was gonna only do one sixty based on how my prep yeah. was going. So and three thirty five. That's a pretty heavy deadlift for anyone. So I'm yeah. and pretty close to my three forty. So I'm like three forty. 340.5. Yes. Very. I want to clarify that. Yes. Just so everybody knows that. Yes. Thank 750 you. 750 fucking pounds. Yes. Yes. I, I'm taking bows now, as you can see. But I like that one, but then I had to, because I like looked at it close. I'm like, it sounds like he's doing this to me. And we competed together on the same day at the Arnold. So. I also think it de- uh, situationally it depends on like what's happening. Because like, you want to talk about predicting numbers for high level lifters like you know like that, that that that's kind of bringing another aspect of actual sport into this thing that so many people call a pseudo sport you know mm-hmm. we all i mean literally other sports we bet on people's performances yes that's, that's exactly what we do so i mean i don't think it's non-courteous to do that i think Maybe to say something directly, but versus giving predictions in general, I, I would think that's okay. Yeah, it, I mean, there's a fine line. Again, unwritten rules. There's always a fine line. In baseball, yeah. when can you pimp a home run? If it's I don't a close pimping, what the fuck is pimping a home run? I'll give you a quick example. Pimping a home run. So you hit a home run, you do a bat flip, you admire a little bit, and wow. then you kind of just slowly jog to first because you know it's when, doubt, when? no doubter, but. So like you don't do that when you're up. So here's the nuance to the fucking rule. <laughs> yeah. So if it's a close game, a big game, um, a big home run, you could pimp the home run and no one seems to get mad. But if you're down by eight and you do that, then the pitcher and like the other teams gonna be like, what the fuck? You're down by eight. And they'll probably so throw your chin the next fucking at right. bat. But if it's like a 500 foot home run, then you could admire it because you just blasted it 500 feet. Okay. Okay. In wow. this in this circumstance, I could I could see the fine line. Some lifters would be okay with them predicting third attempts, but if it's like this, I could see where people will get annoyed by it too. 
because if they're constantly saying, like, dude, 800 is yours, 800 is yours, because I saw this a lot on your page, where it was <laughs> kind of annoying me, dude, 800, 800 is there, 800 is there, and it was constant, like, hey, you're not lifting the fucking weight, because now if he doesn't get 800, you're gonna ruin my life. Yeah, like, they're, he's going to get upset. Ooh. Like, it's gonna let him down. Like, the same thing was happening, like, dude, American Record is yours. Like, on all these things. American Record is yours. Like, well, fuck, if I deadlift 730 and I don't get the American Record, I'm gonna feel like a failure even though I deadlifted 730. We understand the support, too, though. Like, to that end, like, we're still very grateful and, and love, like, the support in those scenarios. So don't think that we're being assholes. Yeah. We're just, we're just simply giving another perspective on what, on what words like that could, could do to a lifter. Yeah. I, I okay. and I could see, but then like again, that's that fine line we're talking about because there's like that support, but then like the gassing up to a lifter is, you know, and it also brings like the third aspect of unwritten rules, which is apparently social media, because mm. this is just about predicting another lifter's lifts on Instagram, which apparently there's an etiquette we have to go through on Instagram. On Instagram. So, uh, we talked about this a little bit before, and it's that, like, every other sport, like, has their primetime platform, and, like, uh, and that's how those sports are kind of talked about, and so, I think as, like, as powerlifters, unfortunately, that platform for us is, is Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't have a sports center, we don't have an ESPN, we don't have, you know, we don't get powerlifting meets, you know, covered by even local news stations. So, I mean... To that end, I mean, I guess, yeah, unfortunately, there is, as lifters, I think there is, like, when in our posting, like, there is, an like, an etiquette to uphold mm-hmm. in some capacity. Does it mean shit? Not really, but, I mean. <laughs> no, but it's, because we got, well, I got one comment, which is funny for me. It was from a, a female, too, which was so aggressive, sucking dick for clout. You know? I don't know who this is, like, personally. But this girl, is it that Amanda girl? Uh, I, won't yeah. say the, I won't say the la- the whole handle. She trolls all the time. And now what she says is, like, funny. But, like, she just, like, no, like, doesn't do anything else. Like, she doesn't, I don't think she even lifts anymore. <laughs> like, it's weird. Like, well, she, she trolled on Oak's post the other day. And Oak was talking about a 900 squat. And this girl commented, like, 903 squat, 226 bench, 186 deadlift. And it was a reference to Oak having token benches and token deadlifts and meets before. I'm like, it was funny, but it was also like, who are you to say it? I don't really... (laughs) Oh, and and that could be another one, too, is mostly, like, uh, knowing knowing where to, like, place your criticisms. Or knowing, like, who... Like, you kind of have to have, like, a certain level of prestige to criticize which is different from most sports because Stephen a smith doesn't fucking play basketball but he criticizes the shit out of professional basketball players. Right, 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 so we right. i think it's like something that we just kind of have to get used to but I, yeah I, and i don't think it like that means to like withhold anything obviously i'm not gonna tell anybody to withhold jack shit but like you know what you what you said actually explained that well but sucking dick for clout is that a thing well, I'm like, prostitution is a written rule. It's illegal if that's what you're referring to. I'm like, whenever now, you exchange goods and or services for sexual favors, that is a written rule in pretty much every, almost every state aside from a few, like, right. loopholes around you it. Saying, are you saying, like, figuratively yeah. sucking dick? As in, like, you know, I was going to 
to give a, a, a synonym, I was going to say dick riding. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, a, a... I guess it's not, it's not like, because th- I'm, I'm being a smart ass when I, like, when I made the comment that prostitution is a written rule. But yeah, there, there is a level of, you know, nut hugging in powerlifting. Oh, and yeah. I see a lot of times, I'm like, I know what this person is doing. They're trying to get a repost on either King of the Lifts or. King of the Lifts is a huge one. You see kids fucking. Like, just fucking, who you know for a fact have never listened to King of the Lifts, mm-hmm. calling King of the Lifts their favorite podcast. Well, who, yeah, who, what's 17-year-olds listen to podcasts? You know what I mean? <laughs> Guys, you're, I didn't get into podcasts until I was, like, 24. Yeah, but, I mean, I do know 17-year-olds into podcasts, to yeah, be I mean, fair. I was, I was super into Mark Bell's PowerCast when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean... I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying they don't exist, but like that I know. that you're, amount. You're just being a smartass again. Yeah, I know, but it's like <laughs> I, I see that, and I and I see it. Um, I think uh, Joe Sullivan commented on the ritual one, right? Where there was a ritual post, like what you're gonna do, like every day, like three things you're gonna make. And oh yeah, it was a cool idea, but then I, I'm like, I noticed, like you guys, a lot of you guys just really want the repost because they know yeah. it's a big page and you get the clicks. And yeah, you get the follows, that. maybe. Um, I mean... The weekly ritual, that's what it was. Yeah, the weekly rituals, which, again, I'm not, like, criticizing that. And I'm the not even criticizing... Concepts. I'm not even criticizing people gaining clout because we're on Instagram. It's, like, the right. clout thing. I guess that is the whole point. And, like, it's like, even... I'll give you your clout, guys. If you do the belt flip, if you do the dragon flip, if you do the chalk flip, I'll fucking give you your clout. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. Like, I'll... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't annoy me occasionally, of when yeah. I see people trying really hard, of course, but I can't be that annoyed. I could easily delete my Instagram and be happy. Never have to deal with it. Let's um, this one's this one's a good one. Um, it doesn't have much to do with. I mean, doesn't have much to do with the gym or uh the competition, but client poaching. Mm. Client poaching. That shit ain't cool. A lot of people. Don't know what it is. Um, that was Evan Glasgow powerlifting, one of my favorite powerlifters. Uh, I love there. Evan, man. He's the band. But he's fucking awesome. I I saw that one and I'm like, yeah, I could get behind that. But then I think to myself, has there been times where I told someone like maybe you should get another coach? And it wasn't like my coach. Exactly. Where I was exactly. like, I think your coach is just bad. And or not. I was gonna say it depends on the scenario. Mm-hmm. So if you see someone who's like. Say you are a coach, and you'd see someone who is clearly receiving fucking poor coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I mean, if you want to swoop in, save the day, whatever. And I, and I think especially in Evan's respect, he's he's saying it more in a sense of it. And if I had to guess exactly where it came from, probably has somewhere with, specifically within the USAPL. Most of those athletes are getting at least decent coaching, good coaching. Mm-hmm. And it's just clout coaches trying to take other clout coaches lifters. Yeah, I think that's probably what he's talking about. Um, I don't think that's. I mean, I think it's fucking douchey, but to be an unwritten rule because there's there's scenarios where I think it's necessary. Yeah, um, I would. Yeah, so like me as a because I'm not a coach, so me telling lifters, I'm like, you shouldn't get coached by this person. I think you should get coached by this person. I don't think is as bad as a coach coming in and like being a vulture on a person right. who is currently getting coaching and is simply doing it to take clients away so they could fill their own pockets. Some yeah, would argue that's have, how business works, but I have had people tell me I've poached clients before and 
all that happened was a lifter reached out to me to give complaints of their coach mm-hmm. and asked to work with me instead. Yeah. And I've got, I've got called a, a client poacher in, in that respect too. So I guess, again, it depends on the scenario. Yeah. It, I could see where it could be a shady move, but then it could also be, I mean, technically I was, I would argue that I was quote unquote poached at raw nationals because I think Joe did a really good job of introducing himself to me. But right. I wasn't getting coached by anyone else, but saw potential, wanted to exactly. execute on it, and like you can't really unless so, you if can't you don't promote yourself, they don't have a coach. Yeah, it, well, yeah, very good point. But you can't, but you can't promote yourself without like getting yourself out there. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But like, say if it was a scenario where that coach liked that lifter, and he introduced himself and kind of built a relationship there, is that client poaching? If the person's like, you know what, I like the dude. Like, I like that he is obviously well-involved in the sport, very knowledgeable. I'm going to get yeah. coaching by him now. Is that client poaching? Boom. Fine line. Business. Yep. All right, where's um, where's another one in competition? Okay, let the other competitors have the 60-second rest if you don't come out for a lift. You like so, that one a lot, and I was ignorant to that rule until the Arnold. Yeah, so what what this is saying for people who don't understand, um, essentially, like, say you say you're at a meet and you take your second attempt squat, and it ends up being considerably harder than you expected, and you don't want to take a third. Mm-hmm. Um, we are saying go ahead and put in a third anyway and just time it out. Yeah. Let them load the barbell. That's their job anyway. Let the spotters load the barbell. Let them that 60-second timer run out. And then take the time instead of if you're going to scratch anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, where situations where this is like kind of an important thing to do, um, like especially on the local level, uh, like say you're at a meet where there's you know ten lifter flights. At, at ten lifters, you're all already almost to the point where they already have to put an intermission time in between first, second, and third attempts. When you, once you get below ten lifters, so say there's nine lifters, there has to be a minute after the last lifter in the flight took their first attempt before the next lift, the first lifter in the flight could take their second attempt that increases to two minutes for eight that increases to three minutes for seven so on and so forth so you take out one of those lifters and there's all you know the lift the other lifters competing are playing their strategy on how if they're using one by the way mm-hmm. you know uh, are playing their strategy on the timing of the attempts and when they can take yeah. their attempts, when other people are taking their attempts. So, you know, don't time out those 60 seconds or don't scratch those 60 seconds. Do time out those 60 seconds. I agree with that. I think that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that someone said that too. Um, actually, Blake Barrett made like a long post about it like uh, a year and a half ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. And uh, that was like the first time I'd ever thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never scratched an attempt at that point, so I never even thought about it. But yeah, yeah, I remember my first instance of seeing this, and I was again ignorant to it, and I wasn't like criticizing it. Uh, actually, a, a friend of mine, uh, Court Stevens, is his uh, handle. Um, really good dude. He hurt himself um, for his deadlifts, and I know he's a strong guy, so he came out and took um, like one twenty-five for his first attempt and like okay must have hurt himself so took 125 got a token lift and then timed himself out as but just left 130 on the bar so he made him low to 130 as his like second attempt and now i realize like oh shit that was really nice of him 
because it was like he loaded the bar for the spotters and and loaders to a point where they already have like some reds on and it's easier for them to load but in the crowd i was like why the fuck did he make him load if he's not gonna well and, and, and think about this too man those spotters they get that 60 those spotters and loaders they get a six they get a 60 second break too yeah. that's their drink of water that's their, their their snack that they're eating their protein bar whatever like those guys get that break too they just gotta load the weight put it yeah. down and then they, they get that they don't have to worry about anybody on the platform now they don't have to do anything like so but that's the other the other half of that yeah and i just and i like the the appropriate weight distribution too like all right yeah. four reds will load on really quick and then it was easy loading for the next guy in line and uh, so on and so forth. So, and same thing happened to the Arnold where Joe, my coach, had to explain it to me. I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. I'm right. like, I was completely unaware of it. I never actually, I never seen it happen like on my flight before. Yeah. So I never really understood it. But nuances of nuances. Yeah. I and now I, I so when it was on my flights and I was like, wait, why did he do that? So it's, it's just a courtesy thing. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. This is another one that kind of ties into it. Uh, bombing out and still continuing to lift. Guest lifting. So guest lifting was already controversial amongst different federations for a while. So I believe the USAPL, if you bomb, you're done. I think I you think. can still guest lift. Oh, okay. I'm, well, I think in Nationals, I've seen it. So here's the thing, is where uh, in the USPA, it used to be that you everybody could guest lift if they wanted to. It didn't matter. It was up to the lifter. And then it got changed to a, you know, meet director's choice. If someone bombs, you can let them guess it, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. It just has to apply for the whole meet. Um, and then, then it was changed again to you could only guess, you could only not guess lift at a national contest. And so this is a weird one. Um, I think again, I think that should go on a meet. I, I think that should go on a meet director's basis. I don't know. I'd be kind of upset if you know I had this big meet prep. And, you know, something crazy happened and I bombed out on squats, but I could still have a good bench and deadlift day. I'm already there. I put the prep in. I put the time in. I put the money in to compete mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, like I, I would I would still want to actually, knowing me and my pissy little ass, I'd probably leave it. Actually, I left my last meet as soon as I missed my last, last deadlift. Yeah. I was, I was pissed. I, I saw that and I saw it was uh, Matt Wallace who commented. So shout out to Matt Wallace. Always gives like some really good insight on everything. And this I actually, love Matt. Matt is cool as fuck. Yeah, he's a cool fucking guy. And it was sort of like a good discussion between lifters. And it was, it's mo- I believe the rule is it's mostly at the discretion of the meat director if he allows a lifter to continue. Now, I was thinking like that is a super courteous, like it was the same thing. It's like you're staying in the meat, you're keeping everything, like you're giving right. the lifters the rest they need, you're continuing to lift, showing good sportsmanship, but. I just know if I bomb out, I'm going to be a little bitch about it. Right. I, w- I would be t- – like say say I bombed out on like bad depth calls, I'd probably finish the meet. But if I bombed out because I had stupid-ass attempt selection, mm-hmm. I'd be too emotional about it and I'd leave. Yeah. Man, and that, this one got really – not heated. It was actually a really friendly discussion. Like look at page 32 of the USAPA rulebook 5.1.15. I'm like, well, this guy really knows his rulebook. And then he fact-checked it on the USAPL one. So if you guys want to check that little discussion, because I'm not, obviously not going to go into all 14, 15 comments, um, you guys can check it out on my post. So, like, a good discussion on, you know, where it says in the rule book if a lifter is allowed to continue or not. But, um, yeah, that is a... Solid submission. Yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah, I really like that one. 
Um, let's see. Um, this one, let's go to the gym now. Using the comp bar for rack pulls, you die. That was Joe TSA. Oh, man, if you... Now, I could go one step further. If you use a comp bar, the Ohio 20kg bar to do any lift that's not SBD, I am not okay with that. Okay, I get that. That's yeah, I think that's a person-to-person basis. That's a, I mean, I you have a... Now, I don't know what your gym has, but if you're at Surge and we have a plethora of great power bars, please don't use the only 20kg one we have for comp-specific lifts, especially us so, USAPL guys. I don't see a lot of power lifters make this mistake. Yeah. Uh, especially being a gym owner, and we have we have a, a solid membership base, and we have a lot of gen pop people. Um, I typically don't see power lifters make this mistake. Mm-hmm. To kind of add to this one, um, I would say an unwritten rule is to um, make sure you like know what barbell you're using check the barbell you're using mm-hmm. like to me that because i've seen people like accidentally apparently bench with deadlift bars i have i've seen it too mostly at brick house it was a big brick house problem actually um that was a that was a super and again see that's a that's a gym with more gen pop yeah that, I, mean, I was about to say that's like a super hybrid gym of power lifters bodybuilders and just people going in to you know get in shape like a, right. like there's it was like the spectrum was all over the place at that gym. I understood though if because I saw so many people squat with the deadlift bar, and it was I like now the unwritten rule to the unwritten rule. If you're a power lifter, go up to the person kindly and tell them that right. they're using the wrong bar. Because this has happened to like me. I kindly went up to a person. I'm like, excuse me, you're using a deadlift bar to squat, I'm like. It's hard to tell because at Brickhouse, they had the non-nerling center bars. Right. So, like, they didn't know, and it wasn't fucking marked at all. I had been going. I had a, I had a, an, an, a borderline altercation once telling someone they were incline benching with a deadlift bar. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, man, that's actually a deadlift bar. Uh, you can see the color of the tape on it, and there's a barbell legend over there. It'll tell you what to use it for, but, you know, I'll tell you, it's deadlift bar, so it's really only supposed to be used for deadlift. So I'll, gra- I'll grab you a power bar, and then I'll help you load your weight on it. And he's like, well, I don't want to use a different bar. And I was like, well, you have to. It's a deadlift bar. He goes, I-, I like this one, though. It's thinner. I'm like, yeah, that's because it's a deadlift bar. They're supposed to be thinner. And the, the dude got really, really, really upset with me because I wouldn't let him use it to incline eventually. Yes. Um... Very so. So I was gonna give you two like examples. That one was a very positive one. The person, it was a female, was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I don't know the difference between the bars." And I told her the differences between the bars. And now that person knows that there's different bars. There's a squat bar at Brickhouse. There is a deadlift bar. There's a power bar. That person is now well educated. Second time this happened, a dude is squatting with it, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, uh, you're using a deadlift bar to squat," and he's like. Oh, I don't care. I'm only going up to 275. So, you know, I'm like, that's not like, so if someone else is using or wants to deadlift today with a deadlift bar, they can't because you're using it incorrectly. And he's like, well, what's the big deal if it's 275? I'm like, the big deal is the fact that you're using it not to deadlift. You're not damaging the bar by doing that. But you can. You can, but like, I'm like, this, that's, that's the reason why. And then I just, 
that one was like, I really want to punch you in the head because you're just, not only was I kind, you just were a total dick back to me. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> just hate, hate when they do that. Uh, yeah, I guess rack pulling, but rack pulling with a kind of specific bar is, um, obviously a no-go. Let's see. This is a competition and apparently a gym one, not stepping over the bar. That's okay. That's a big this Eastern European whole, thing, right? Yeah, this is the whole like Russian like, mass stepping over the bar, like Boris Shako. It's like, I always do it. Mm-hmm. I always do it. I always walk over the bar. Not on fucking purpose. It's not to disrespect the fucking barbell, but that's like, I mean, are there like, it's, it's, not, the, it's not a free throw line. You know, it's not, it's not a batter's box. That's not how it works. Well, so this is how it would have reminds me in baseball. There's an un, there's an unwritten rule where if a batter is out, they should not walk across the field of play to go back to their dugout. Because when you walk across the field of play, you have to go over the pitcher's mound. And the pitcher's mound is their territory. So if you cross their pitcher's mound, it is disrespectful. That is what I think of the um, stepping over the bar I got into I got a lot of heat for that because one of my videos is posted on like a uh, powerlifting motivation when they actually posted good things, and they ridicule I was getting was stepping over the bar and I didn't know it was a rule but it was very similar to that like unwritten rule in baseball which I totally agree with like both of those rules like I only step over the bar depending on where I have to exit to right. go to go to <laughs> like you see at the Arnold the warm up area and the um, the dugout is behind me. So I don't I've, step over the bar because I know exactly where I have to go and give my right. attempt. I don't like. think I've ever stepped over the bar in contests, but like I've done it plenty in the gym. Oh yeah. Like, especially after like, uh, like a big lift and I throw it down, I like walk over it. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think maybe a contest rule. I get it. Um, yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe it's kind of outdated. But like I always, the funny thing was was yeah, I think it's it's uh, totally outdated. But it you will have a few people like I, I mean, it, it, if it looks like you're being arrogant, they will comment more. But a lot of the times when I got criticized for it, I'm like it's funny because I stepped over the bar then shook the judge's hands. So right. is it does my disrespect cancel out because I was being respectful right after that? Is it like? Is it like I can't like? You know what? You also probably though. You also probably put the bar down and went. Oh no! I definitely did that. Yeah, I look like a dick. Big fucking (laughs) chalk slap fucking thing that you do. Yeah, I. Although that's that's where the that was the funny on powerlifting motivation. It was a chocolate compilation. And I thought when I saw comments like uh, because this didn't have as much clout on Instagram. So I woke up in the morning and I had a shit ton of notifications. I'm like, what the fuck happened? And they post, they reposted on powerlifting motivation. I'm like, oh, okay, so these comments are all going to be negative because they look like an asshole. Right. No one commented on the chalk clap. They were talking about the bar stepping. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, I got, I'm like, I, that was a curveball. I'm like, I thought people were like, this guy's a douchebag. Just for, just for him, you know, showing up people by doing the chalk clap. It was me stepping over the bar that made me a douchebag. I'm like, I didn't even think about that. Because I was, I, was, I was gearing up. I'm like, all right, you're going to get a lot of insults. It's okay. Like, you'll deal with it. Have fun with it. But it was about something, like, completely unrelated to the uh, chocolate. So I, I think one, uh, like, one unwritten rule in training, at least, should be to, like, not try – at least try not to. I guess, again, it depends on the situation. 
try not to walk in front of someone while they're like squatting or deadlifting. Yes, we had that uh, Arasto uh, Serge uh, comment that like not trying to walk in front of someone. I mean, it'll happen. And if you do yeah. it, just, like, minimize any potential disturbance that you could be. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like this is similar to, like, the, you know, um, I, in a way similar to, like, the don't bowl when the person in the lane next to you is bowling. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like it's almost similar to that. Like, I don't know. Or more so, see, we have an issue sometimes at my gym because we have that, we have the Elite FTS rig in the center of my gym. Yeah. So we occasionally have the issue of two people across from each other, facing each other, who are both squatting. Now, typically, everybody, like, one person squats, they're done, the next person squats. But I've seen scenarios where, like, people are, like, squatting at the same time, directly across from each other. I think that would be more like the bowling. <laughs> yeah, that that's actually a really good point, because it happens in a gym, but there's... There's a way to handle yourself, like if you are right. in front of a person's eye line while they're squatting, because when someone's actually staring at me, it's fine. Like if they're looking at my squat, it's totally fine. Like even if they're in right on my eye line, I'm like, okay, that's kind of like the competition, and they're looking at me squat. But if they're like fucking gibber jabbering, like two people gibber jabbering in front of me okay. while I'm squatting, and they're really close to me, then I'm like, dude, just move over to the right a little bit. Okay, so I agree and I disagree. It, but it, I, I feel like you shouldn't stand in front of someone and look at them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. Now, if you're like kind of off to the side in the peripherals, fine. Um, but I also think that like you should not talk in front of like that close to someone who's squatting mm-hmm. or deadlifting or anything. You shouldn't be in front of talking. And I think if you have to walk by for any reason, I think you should put your head down. Like, so you, there's no chance of, like, eye contact or anything. No chance of distraction. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That's what I feel like. I yeah, yeah, and I could, well, like, I could respect that, too. Um, it just, I'm putting myself in, like, a squatting position right now and thinking about what would happen if someone walked in front of me and what would make me the most angry. Yeah. And I, I, I can't be too mad with somebody, like, staring at me while I'm squatting because there's someone literally doing that at competition. Yeah, and they're they're a little off to the side, but I could I could usually like zone them out. I could zone I could zone it out, but I don't get as mad as just somebody talking about right next to me squatting, and me having to look at them like that's a weird that is a weird one for me. Where there's a uh, okay, I have one. Okay. I have an unwritten rule: don't lift somebody off with a mixed grip. Ooh, I'm guilty of that. Totally. Don't do it. Never do it. Explain. To no me. reason to do it doesn't make sense well you're gonna put like a different amount of pressure in the underhand like almost always it causes like a fucking whirly bird i don't i understand in terms of safety and maybe again situationally say someone's using like a suicide grip okay i get that i guess or you know if you then go to spot with one hand over and one hand under Mm -hmm. that's fine but i don't think you should lift somebody off with a mixed fucking grip I, I'm weird, well, now that I know that, because that, I need something, I always need things explained to me, like, on why something that, on why something is the way that it is, but I, I, like, switch off between the two. I, like, sometimes, whatever day I'm feeling, like, mixed grip one day, and then I just do the fucking double overhand. No. The only, like, again, the situation is sometimes, like, maybe there's no, like, spotter deck. 
for the person lifting someone off to stand on top of. So they're at like a lower position. That mixed grip? So they don't have any like leverage on the bar. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So then sure, fine, if you have to use mixed grip because of like a leveraging or strength issue. But if, okay, if you're on a fucking comp bench, if you're lifting somebody off or you have a spotter deck, don't lift them off with a mixed grip. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Lift them off double overhand. Like don't fuck up their lift off. That's how I feel. Yeah. And I. The- all right. Now that I know, because yeah. There always has to be, like, a rationale behind it. So, I, get, I could get behind that. As far as, like, just giving... It's just giving a good lift, really. Yeah. It just, yes. It's just, like, this is how you give a good liftoff. And I guess another liftoff etiquette. Don't fucking throw the bar at whoever you're spotting. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, AWPC World Championships happened to me. Very funny. Cork. What the... F- Did you just say AWPC? Yeah. I had to specify oh. what it was. My God. Third meet in my life. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is USAPL's fault for not having accessible meets in Illinois. Huh? Because I could not find a USAPL meet for the longest time, and APF and WPC had meets in Lombard, like Naperville, like five minutes away from my house. Yeah. They are more accessible. I would have been elitist way earlier, guys. Trust me. Because <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm fully on the USAPL elitist wagon now. Like, horribly. <laughs> It's such it's such a bad it's such like a bad turn I had. Um this one, I wanted to get one uh that I disagreed with. Cheer for your competition. Doesn't matter if you just missed your third and they could beat you with their third, you go and cheer for them. Situational. Yes, it's situational. I do not get mad if somebody does this. I don't like I just don't like this thing in this sport where why in this sport should you want to lose? Here's an example. If somebody outpulls me for a win, I will clap and go and shake their hand. But if they miss the fucking thing, I'll probably be like, eh, all right, well, I won. That's good. I would like to win competitions <laughs> when I'm in it. Like, it's a, it's a competition, right? We are well, trying to win. I think it's a, like, you know, we talk about, we keep saying situationally. But think about this on, like, the higher fucking level. Yeah. Like, think about this when there's, like, it's not often, but sometimes there is, like, $10,000, $20,000, yeah. $4,000 on the line. Like, we've had meets with that. Or even fucking 500 bucks, man. That's still 500 fucking bucks. Yeah. When that when there's, like, money on the line and, like, there's two high-level competitors who could both win, like, that money, like, I, if, like say it was me who was the high-level competitor who could win this money, like, I don't know if I'm gonna cheer for those guys on their third deadlift. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the lifting, but like, I don't know. I just never situationally. been. I never been uh, even in every sport. I've never been a fan of this thing where if you is if you say hood, hit a home run, you should you shouldn't be happy about it. Always that thing like act like you've been there before. Like, well, can't you be happy about things? Like, yeah. what's the, what's the, why do I have to put my head down after doing something good? It yeah. applies for so many sports and. Um, there was an example uh, in, in football, in the NFL, where uh, Adrian Peterson was about to break Eric Dickerson's single-season rushing record. And Eric Dickerson, in an interview, was like, I hope he doesn't break it. I like that record. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, respect. He likes his record. He yeah. wants to keep his record. I mean, if, again, somebody takes my record, of course, you know, I worked very hard to get it, and... I will congratulate them. I'll be kind. 
I will shake their hand and be like, King earned it. But, you know, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I hope someone breaks my record today. No. Come on. Right. Like, I, we, if we're in a sport, you compete to win. And if you're trying to win – I mean, even – like, I can even bring a more personal example. So, me and Carson Allen, great friends, really love the dude. We competed 83 together. If it comes down to me and him winning, of course he'll be happy if he beat me. But I'm not going to sit there being like, rah, 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 beat me, man. Like, no. Why, uh, yeah. Come on. Trying to win. And I, I know, like, no money is ever going to really be at USAPL meets. But, you know, if it's nationals, that's a big meet for me. I would – it would be a huge milestone if I won nationals. Well, you get money for that too? Don't you get, like, 500 bucks or something like that? The Arnold you did. You got some money for the Arnold, but yeah, I mean, I guess it could be the same situation where, you know, it, it could be money on the line, but I'm, I don't even, cause money, of course, I think is a bigger, bigger purse. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, that is compared to raw nationals. But for me, if you win raw nationals, you're, that's a ma- massive milestone for someone. That's huge. Right. And I think that be like every other competitor in every other sport where you Try your hardest to beat the other person and be better than them. Yeah, and I think this person is saying like more like, don't be fucking sore. Yeah. But like again, like I don't know if I miss a fucking third deadlift and I was gonna beat someone, or even sometimes if I miss a third deadlift at all, you know, like you know how many times I fucking I'm in a granite I should probably shouldn't have even attempted it, but how many times I missed eight hundred pounds, like. How many times do you think after that 800, I, that missed 800, I turned back around and started cheering for the next guy on the platform? Mm-hmm. Like, or, you know, I, I don't think powerlifting, like, it's already not, like, a dedicated spectator sport. I think as a competitor, like, we should leave the spectating to the spectators. Yes, I, like, every meet I fucking go to, I end up going up to the platform five or six times and watching the biggest lifts, like, right there. I always end up doing it. I get it. But, like, I don't know. We should have to, yeah. I, I agree with you, Angelo, here. Thanks. Thanks for being on my side. But, uh, yeah, like, I, it's been, I mean, recently, just competed with Candido. It was cool to compete with Candido. I really like Johnny. I'm a fan of his. You know, I was cheering for his when he got a lift. I was happy for him, but I wanted to beat him that day. And I have tons of friends who compete in the USAPL who are now, like, my direct competition. And I'm happy for them when they win, but I just don't. I just yeah no I mean and I, and I, I, I like I like that. treating sports like sports one one comment that was cool to me which is a high responsibility unwritten rule um, if there's a first timer in your flight the whole flight is their coach for the day do you see that one no I get it I get it I see that um, uh, sure I think it's courteous to help them. But to say that that's the whole flight's responsibility. Yeah, like responsibility part. I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, to I, say that that's the whole flight. I mean, or maybe leave it up to the person who's there for the first time to fucking make a fucking friend and mm-hmm. have them help them. Like, I don't. Why is that? Why does that have to be on everybody else? Yeah, I. I mean, because it, it is kind of a situation where it's like, do I just go up and just tell this guy what to do? Like, because that could be one uh, pretty um, condescending. Yeah. Uh, to do that. But, yeah. I, I mean, there was situations. I think it was, uh, I think my like, fourth meet at uh, 2XL. I was in a flight with this kid, and I noticed he was in my flight, and he was warming up. 
and we were on the third flight, and they were on their first flight, and he was warming up for his squats. I'm like, hey, uh, what are you doing? And like, he's like, warm it up. Warm up, and I start warming up. Like, yeah. don't, don't warm up now. Like, trust me, it's going to be a, and he had no idea. He had no idea how long it was going to take. He's like, right. okay, first flight's going to be done. Like, no, no, no. I expect you to ATF me. No, it's going to be a while. Like, but right. we're, we're probably going to compete legitimately in about an hour, 15 minutes. Right. So, like, I just, I'm like, warm up when I warm up, work in with me, you'll be good. And then, like, that's a, that's a quick thing that he just learned that day, but, you know, I, I did it because I was just like, he's making a massive mistake. That's, I, I mean, I've been in tons of, tons and tons of meet situations where there's somebody who's never been there, they warm up early. I've also been in those situations where when I try to help them, they, like, get upset with me and yeah yeah like that's like it's it's weird it's a weird it's always a weird social encounter to tell someone what to do when you don't know them yeah it's also weird to coach somebody when you're not a coach (laughs) not that not that like that information is invaluable and you can't help somebody but i think i think i I was more just playing on the diction used in this suggestion you know Yeah. yeah um yeah that's a that's a pretty damn good point baby powder Oh yes. Yeah, put on baby, baby powder and you're not gonna step in it. So sick. I'm so sick of cleaning baby powder uh, at meets, of cleaning baby powder off of like the main walkway. Mm-hmm. But I think that also that depends on the gym. If, if it's in the gym or if it's in contest. If it's in contest, if you're a fucking meat director out there right now and you can hear me and you're listening to this, start putting a designated fucking area at your meets for baby powder and where it can be used. I see this. At, uh, uh, there's a lot of awesome meat directors who do this. Um, I have seen uh, the Ohio USPA, every single buddy in the Ohio USPA, they always have a designated baby powder area. And like that needs to be brought into all of powerlifting. If you are hosting a powerlifting meet, buy a fucking tarp, get two fucking fold-out chairs, tape it to the ground, and put a piece of paper on one of the fold-out chairs that says baby powder here. Okay? Do it. Yes. Completely agree with you. Always in the gym, there should always be a designated spot. I I mean, I can't stand that in the gym when people are just baby powdering everywhere. I'm like, dude, that's so dumb. Right. Just don't do that. It's so it's illogical, too. It doesn't make sense. Right. Like, it's a common sense thing, but meat directors telling exactly where to baby powder will save cleanup and a whole lot of lifters not you know like falling and also also you know what you know what happens though they get when there's not that order that baby powder is insane because if if the order is not there they do not understand that not all white powder is created equal and that shit is going to find its way close to the goddamn chalk Right, and, uh, it'll slowly get there. Too. Well, the other thing is too, like a, little, a helpful thing with these like designated baby powder areas is people tend to leave bottles there, and then more people have access to baby powder. And that is one of the biggest things I see at local meets is local lifters not knowing that like literally your thighs get sweaty and it makes the bar hard to move. Yeah, like literally. So it's like baby powder. I I have seen people go from an RP ten first attempt because of their legs being sticky to an RP seven second attempt because I said, Hey, put baby powder on. Yeah. Like I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Someone's probably like, Oh, this fucking guy saying that it was a local meat. It was a novice lifter, but yes, it, it did. It, it, 
you know. I can tell you right now, it's helped me. Designated baby paddling areas are required at all paddling meets moving forward. Yeah, and also be liberal with your baby powder use. Um, more baby powder doesn't necessarily mean like you're stronger. Okay, you said being be liberal with it. Yeah. Or so no, 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 no. Yeah, with conservative with it. My bad. Thank you. I'm editing <laughs> that part out where I sound like a dumbass. <laughs> The main producer of Two White Lights as well. I get to edit everything to make myself sound smart. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, be conservative with your use. Chalking up your legs or, like, powdering up your legs, caking your legs, it doesn't help that much. Putting just and the, it gets all over the bar, and if you don't shake out your legs after you put the baby powder on and you caked on that much, it's going to follow you, and it's going to get all over the fucking floor, yeah, not, and then it's going to be on the barbell, and then it's going to be on everybody's shoes, and then people are slipping on the platform, and then you just fucked up an entire meat director's fucking meat because you wanted to put on a bunch of fucking talcum powder. Yes. <laughs> yes, in many words, you completely conveyed my point, but um, I... Yeah, it doesn't take much, people. It doesn't take much. A little baby powder does a trick. It doesn't take a whole lot. Um, I also want to get to the comments where you guys don't understand the difference between written and unwritten rules. Um, once someone's, someone said that do not drop your deadlift at the top, that's a written rule. Written rule. Uh, always squat to depth. That's a written rule, guys. Written I mean, eh. <laughs> depending on the federation and the judges, I guess. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, always squat to death. That's a written rule. Like, that is in the rule books that you cannot do that. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's a written rule, unwritten rule that I thought of just just now. The way you put on your kilo plates. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck all you guys put on your kilo plates, stupid. Fuck you, Candido. I don't actually mean it, but... I think Candido I, does it, too. I hate you guys for doing that. You guys know how to load kilo plates. If you don't know how... The first plate faces in, and every other plate after faces out. If you're going to ask why, I'll tell you why. It's tell me why, yeah, please. The referees can see not only the colors of the plates, because that's what we know, but can see the weight on the plates to make sure that the weights are correct, which is why the chip plates all face out. Like, ugh, okay. the kilo plates right. Okay, but how about in the gym? Fuck you. Is it, yeah. Kilo <laughs> Fuck you. Load your kilo plates right. All right, because... I legitimately thought, oh, one time, I think I shared this story on the uh, show once where I was at Indy City and you told me how to load kilo plates. And I looked at you, I'm like, all right, then I, I know how to do it, Garrett. Thanks. <laughs> like, oh, first one in, all the ones out. I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I saw you, you, like, you had one kilo plate on the bar. And I was like, hey, kilos, first one in, every other one out. Yeah. I'm like, dude, thanks is, for telling me. Like, that's like an, but that's like, I like I have like a, an eye twitch when I see that when I see someone. Uh, I I know, but I seriously thought like because I now have it too, and people like message me for like, does this guy know how to load kilo plates? Like jokingly, and I thought there was like a reason why I was there. Like it was supposed to be that way for like either safety reasons or. Right. <laughs> so I didn't know, but there it's like no, it's just how it is. Like that's a completely unwritten rule, right? Like it's, it's a not, it's a, it's a total unwritten rule. Actually, I'm pretty sure that in some rule books it is said how to load them. Okay, but how about in the gin? Dude, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. No, See, you're the kilo. fact that you're so triggered about this. It is like the king of the unwritten rules. <laughs>
Like because Same because up. if Fair I enough. if I go back Fair to other enough. sports, if I go back to other sports, a pitcher in the MLB is legitimately losing their shit when somebody fights have started. People have thrown hands to try to hurt each other because some batter walked over the pitcher's mound. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but it, that's why it is a unwritten rule, like the king of the unwritten rules. Big unwritten rule. Massive. Um, I think that just about covers it, though. I that think covers it. Not all of them out. This is like, so if they want to make an unwritten rule book, one, you're going to have to write it, so it's going to be the written rule book. I think they can use the show as reference. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Moving forward, the unwritten rule book. The unwritten written rule book of powerlifting. For sure. Um, yeah, over an hour, we talked about pretty much every unwritten rule in the book. If we missed any, um, comment, but I'm not going to promise that I'm going to get to it on another show because I don't know. It could be a segment. Suggested unwritten rules. I like that segment idea. Unwritten rules of Instagram powerlifting should be a new thing that we do unwritten rules of instagram powerlifting i like that i like I... all squats recorded from a front diagonal angle where depth is visible and we can see the entire movement including spotters very good i like that um <laughs> i i actually was on the thing of uh i was thinking about starting doing my deadlifts from a side angle no why it's so aesthetically pleasing no it's not but maybe it yours might be yours I mean, might be Yours might be, but, but I don't. No, like, come on, uh, Jamal, Jamal Browner. Oh my God! But the I, point is, I seriously, oh, oh. <laughs> that's what happens when seeing, I see his side angle. <laughs> I know, not seeing the weight though. I feel like we need to see the weight. We, 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 I feel like as lift, like as, like Angelo, we are Instagram powerlifters. It's yes. unfortunate, but it's what we are. Okay. Um, as Instagram powerlifters, I think that like we should show our faces. And we should show people when we're struggling. You can feel our pain too. Because yes. it hurts to be strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of self-deprecation there, but it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> but I, yeah, the angles are good. Um, I mean, of course, the trimming of the squat videos and the deadlift right. videos. Oh my God. That's the biggest unwritten rule, yep. Trimming out your walk, like you're, you walking up to the barbell or fucking, you know what? One of the biggest fucking things that bothers me is when girls deliberately leave in them, like, setting up their camera and then them walking away from it while they're, like, pulling on their fucking shorts and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, like, why did you leave this in your video? Oh, uh, I mean, if we want this show to go two hours, you just bought up the I, – I, I, we could maybe have a segment just through the quarantine just of, like, hmm – how can people get attention on a quarantine? Let's see. Oh home workouts. Okay, home workouts are boring as all. No one cares about home workouts. Let's How- fill your backpack with books. Oh, oh, yeah, let's fill the backpack with books, but that's still really boring. Let's spice it up a bit. Let's go at the angle that pretty much is only showing your taint. Yeah, yeah, oh my god. The- <laughs> on Instagram Explore, I saw this. Shouldn't have got this mad. Got me mad. Almost ruined my day, actually. This woman, don't know who she is. It was on Instagram Explorer. And you know how they have the little section for stories? Right. So I looked. She's dancing and obvious, you know, half her ass cheek is out of her shorts. And she's like, forgot to take my phone off record. Like, no, you didn't. You're dancing on a thing. 
it, don't pretend like you're having a good time at your house that you didn't just completely stage this. You forgot to I, stop recording. You're a liar, you, lady. How? Do, yeah. Such well, a liar. How do you accidentally record yourself dancing half naked? Um. It, well, because he was he was working out, so like it was after deadlift or whatever home workout he was doing, and he was and of course it was like prime dancing. Like fan- right. fantastic, no one dances like this in their house. Everyone, right. everyone knows how they dance in their house. Right. They're not doing full dance routines. Right. Unless you're a oh TikToker and I hate you. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, cor- cor- yeah. By by April thirtieth, even though this thing is definitely not gonna be over by April thirtieth, I'm gonna have like a just too many things that upset me. There, I mean. <laughs> Seeing people try to develop a social media personality is pretty weird. Yes. It's pretty fucking weird to see. It is. It's bizarre. But, um, I think rants galore this episode, too. I mean, maybe. I don't know if I'd call those rants. I'm yeah. not ranting until my fucking face is red. You do. Um, I also, before we end the show, because I gotta end it soon, I did like your, um, your story on if you have beard in your Instagram handle, you have no personality. And then, you know why? Because right after I did that, I just put beard into my search. And I'm like, there's way too many handles, but the beard is the first. Uh, I don't like, get it. I don't get I don't. Beard, bearded gains. Beard? I mean. Bearded sure, meats. Like, like, yeah, but then. So now I'm on this, like, I'm constantly. Now, since. since in doing this podcast and trying to see both ends of all these things, I've even playing devil's advocate against myself. That's like, now do we talk shit and people put power lifter in their bio because yeah. they have a lack of personality. The reason I say for beard is because like, dude, I don't put like, like, okay, I have like a fucking, you well, know, like my, my pinky toes look weird. Like they look really fucking weird. Like I'm going to make my Instagram like Gary Fear pinky toe. L- long hair. <laughs> Games. <laughs> Long hair games. Long unibrow or bushy ectomorph, eyebrow. Ectomorph, ectomorph games. It's stupid. Your fucking beard, even if you think it looks good, if, even even when it looks good, Ooh, no one I, fucking cares enough to address you by your beard. Oh, t- tatted? Tatted games is a big tatted. one. Tatted. Oh my god. Because to an extent. Don't get me started on tatted. So I am t- sick pier- of seeing people put hashtag tatted on selfies when they have fucking four tattoos yeah um i'm now i'm gonna try to rattle off a bunch of like random ones glasses for <laughs> prescription glasses power <laughs> yeah fuck your beard i don't care <laughs> yeah don't All put right. it in your instagram handle or bio yeah unless you are a fucking barber yes because i did go or come the... across i i think i just saw the one that said beard it was like beard yeah. underscore and yeah. it was just a picture. It was a page full of beards. I'm like, okay. Unless you're a this is appropriate. James Harden, you're not allowed to go by your beard. Yeah. Your nickname has to be your beard. It has to be related to your beard. Like, you can't <laughs> give yourself a nickname. Someone responded to that and said, what if it's an Instagram page dedicated to someone's beard? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess it's a loophole. But. No, that's, I don't know. I, like, I, I searched beard. It was like beard underscore, and it was just beards. The page was <laughs> only beards. I'm like, appropriate. I am only looking at beards right now, and this page is called Beard. What happens when you shave your beard? I mean, is that person never... Do you have to change your handle if you shave your beard? Yeah. No longer bearded games. 
Oh, you know what else is really annoying? People have like beer, like the drink, the yeah. beverage, beer, the alcohol, like craft beer snob. Oh, that that's fucking cool. <laughs> You're so cool. That makes you really fucking cool, man. I, I'm gonna have to like, because Matt Cronin has coffee snob on his uh, thing, but it's not his handle. Are you talking about handles or in the bio? I said in bio as well, but I, I'm more so, I guess, talking about the handle. If it's in your bio. And, it's something I you mean, like, though, you know? Yeah, like, here's my thing. Yeah, is it, is, if it's a common topic for you, fine, put it in your bio. All right, man. Well, this has All been right. awesome. This has been fantastic. It's always fun. Always, always a fun time. Um, hopefully, because, man, this quarantine's ruining things. I really wanted to just – I love going to different gyms and different cities and working out. So, right. unfortunately, that might not happen for a while. So Me too. It's something I miss. And I miss having people in my gym. I miss seeing people. And, um, you know, people talk about, like, make sure you're, like, reaching out and talking to people at these times. But also, like, don't feel obligated to do that. Like, we're all going to respond very, very differently in a time like this when mm-hmm. our, like, we're, we are stripped of our normalcy. We are stripped of our routine. So, like, don't feel obligated to do all these, like, inherently nice things that other people are telling you to do. Like, do whatever the fuck you want to do and be happy that way. And if you are unhappy that way and you're choosing that, like, whatever. Choose that, too. Just live your fucking life. Like, don't let other people tell you how you have to fucking live your life now. Very good point. Um, That's a good closing note, actually. We started the show like that and we're going to end the show like that. Stop telling me to pick up hobbies, people. Be okay. safe, guys. You can find me on Instagram at Fear. Use your safeties. Don't dump your squats. Yeah, great. I, you know what? I'm gonna go on record and say everyone here follows you already. So just all of okay. our viewers definitely follow you. Sorry, it's it, every podcast I've ever done. They make you say that at the end. Like, where can we find you? Yeah, good point. Good point. But right. I'm shitty at closing shows, so I'm just gonna say peace. Peace. All right, peace. And I'm actually hanging up too. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Love you. Home of the Dodgers, Brooklyn squad. Who we'll take a look?